good morning, everyone. I just prepared a, a talk just over the Christmas, the camp, and all the testimonies, all the talks, um, everything that we had. I just thought last night I'll just put something together. Okay? Um, just something together. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll base my talk. I'll base on my talk of everything um, that I had, the testimonies, the talks, uh, even some of the items too. Even some of the items. And um, what I will talk about today is, um, I will talk about hope. Hope amidst crisis. Now, I just went through the internet last night. And um, the last, the last, or the beginning of December, the first week of December, coming down to the first week of um, January, there's so much happening. There's so much happening. Um, there was earthquake in, in uh, Japan. There was earthquake in Japan where, um, in the first week, 57 people dead. Uh, and there is cyclone in Vanuatu, there is floods in California, and there's so much things happening. Also, um, I got a message on my SMS. I got SMS, um, there's a big drought in PNG, and the government, where the bureau is telling people to stock up on water and food because they don't know how long that drought is going to go on. Yeah, so, <clears throat> and apart from that, apart from that, there is so much happening. Uh, not forgetting the war in, in Israel, not forgetting the war in Ukraine. There, there's so much happening around the world, so much. And amidst of all of these things, there is still hope for God's people. There is still hope. You know, uh, when the Lord gathered all his disciples up into Mount Olives and he talked about the signs of the times. He talked about the signs of the times and he told them. He told them what they would see, what they would witness. Uh, we are witnessing all of those at the time. And there are two things. One is... Uh, the events that is going to come, and the other thing is the condition. The condition has gone from, it was stable, it has gone from stable to a very critical condition now. And the years, the years that go down, uh, we don't know what's going to be happening in, in 2024. When we cross over into 25, we don't know. But among, amidst all, all of these things, as the economy, uh, health crisis, everything is going to be crumbling right before our eyes. Uh, they still promise. They still hope for all of God's people. And, and the Lord, the Lord described everything in Matthew 24. I will not go. I'm not going to read. I will just quote in Matthew 24. Uh, we read and we read in Luke 21. We read in Mark 13. It it just highlights everything, 
And we are witnessing everything right before our eyes. Everything is all unfolding. And it's not unfolding like previously some years ago. Right now it is unfolding at a very high rate. It's, very, it's happening, unfolding at a very high speed. And we all know that as it unfolds, it will come to a point. It will come to a point at a time the Lord is going to return. So what is it, uh, what is it in store for us? As for God's people, the Lord's anointed, spirit-filled, let's not lose our hope in the Lord. And uh, we'll read in, amidst of all of these things, we have an absolute guarantee of God's support, God's interest in us. And we read in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Romans chapter 8 and in verse 31 it says, What shall we say then to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered, delivered him up for us all. How shall he not be with him? Also freely giveth all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is God, it is Christ that died. Yea, rather, he that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us, also separate us from the love of Christ, shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. In verse 37 it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Now, history talks about conquerors. There are people that in history, we read about them, they went on to conquer the world. They conquered kingdoms. But the thing is that they died and never rose again. The Bible talks about conquerors. We will die physically. But we will rise again. That is, it, that is why it says we are more than conquerors. And it goes on to say, through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Persuaded by what? What was Paul telling the church in Romans? He was simply telling them that I am persuaded. I am persuaded by the hope in Christ. I am persuaded by the hope that I am in Christ. I am persuaded by God's unconditional love. I am persuaded by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am persuaded because God performs miracles every day. I am persuaded because God performs healings. I am persuaded because God is a powerful God. God is almighty God. That each time when I call out to him, he is always there. And Paul also, sort of, he was talking about himself. How he went through everything. He went through trials. He went through tribulations. He went through temptations. He went through persecution. And it goes on to say that, that neither death, because he was near death, nor life, 
no angels, no principalities, no powers, no things present, no things to come. No height, no depth, no any other creature can separate us from the love of Christ. From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And also when we read in, in John chapter 10, and in verse 10, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says, The thief cometh not but for, to, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and they may have it, and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, when we read here in John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says, I am come that they may, they might have life. And it goes to, it goes on to emphasize and say, they might have it more abundantly. Everybody has life. Everybody. Even the atheist, he's got life too. And we all breathe the same air. People that don't believe, people that go to other churches, and people don't care. We all breathe the same air. The same sun shines upon everybody, every one of us. The rain falls on every one of us. We all have life. They have money. They have businesses. Everything. They've got houses and homes and everything. But the thing is that, do they have it more abundantly? We have life. We've been filled with the Spirit. And we have life more abundantly. Abundantly, we have the upper hand. We have the upper hand. And each time we call out to the Lord, the Lord is always there. Abundantly, He's having God on our side. Having God walking with us. Not beside us, but walking inside us. We receive the Holy Spirit. God dwells in us. God lives in us. We walk with God in us. And the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We see the world crumbling. We see everything, the signs of the times. Sometimes, when you look and you focus, you focus too much on what is happening outside. You focus too much on what is happening outside. You will have fear. The thief is going to put fear in you. It will come to steal. It will put negative into your mind. To steal. To put false fear in you. And it says to, to kill and to destroy. But Christ came that we may have life. Uh, I'm not going to read this scripture but in Daniel chapter 3. This is one of my favorite scriptures. In Daniel chapter 3 and verse 15. You know the story of Daniel? Daniel was, uh, Nebuchadnezzar put up a statue and commanded that everybody, everybody at that time, at the sound of the trumpet, at the sound of the cornet, and at the sound of all the instruments, everybody is going to bow down at Nebuchadnezzar's statue. And whoever did not bow down, to that statue, 
was going to be thrown into the fire. And at the end, when you read at the end of verse 15, it says, And who is that God who is going to save you? Who is that God that is going to save you? And it's sort of like a challenge. It's sort of like challenge that was thrown at David. Uh, sorry, thrown at, Dan thrown at Daniel. Whether Daniel is going to crumble, Daniel is going to cave in, Daniel is going to trade what he believed in and held so strong, is he going to trade it and bow to a statue? What is he going to do? Because the challenge was that, and who is that God that is going to save you? And Daniel did not bow. Daniel did not bow down. He did not cave in. He did not crumble. He did not trade in anything. He had hope in God. He trusted the Lord. He believed in God. That God was going to deliver him. And all the people said. And in the end, God saved him. God saved him. Now, we read in Deuteronomy. Let's open our Bibles into Deuteronomy. This is God's promise to the nation of Israel. And it's his promise to every one of us today. In Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. And in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and in verse 1 it says, And it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass that if ye hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God shall set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And in verse 2 it says, And all the blessings shall come forth, sorry, all the blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now uh, in verse 2, it talks about, and blessing shall come and overtake thee. It sounds similar to having life in abundance. And overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And we just read further down. Into verse 9 it says, And the Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself. As he had sworn thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And that the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy womb, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, and in the land which the Lord had sworn unto the fathers to give, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, and the head shall give rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine end, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee thy head and not tail, and thou shalt only, thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not 
be beneath. If thou shalt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I commanded thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I commanded thee this day, to the right end or to the left end, to the left, or to go after other gods to serve them. And this is God's promise. God was simply telling the nation of Israel, I will make you plenteous. I will make you the head and not the tail. I'll raise you above and not below. And when everything, all the world around us is going into disaster, God's people will be blessed and they will prosper because of the hope that we have in Christ. Amidst all of these things, we have hope in Christ. And if you open our Bibles into 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16, we will read down. It is whereby we perceive, we perceive, hereby perceive we the love of God, whereby he laid down his life for us. We are to lay down, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And also, and also at this world's good, and see it his brother have need, and shutted up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in time, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we have his commandments. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another. As he had given, as he gave us commandment, and that, and that he kept his commandments, dwelt in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abided us, abided in us by the Spirit which he had given us. And all the people said, "Amen." God is greater than our hearts; He knows everything. He knows everything. God sees forth and sees everything that is coming. God knows what we are going to sail through. God knows what we are going to sail through. God knows what we are going to go through. But the, the, the most important thing we have is the Holy Spirit. That is the most important thing. As long as we walk in the Spirit, as long as we walk in His commandments, as long as we walk by His word, keep His status, keep His commandments. The same advice that He gave to the nation of Israel is the same advice, same commandment He gives to us. As long as we walk in truth, worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, walk in His commandments, walk in His ways, God will be always on our side. 
God will be always there for us. And we open into Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. In Colossians chapter 3, and in verse 1 we read down, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye, for ye are dead, and your life is it with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now, this is one part that I like when it says, set your affections on things above. We set our affections we set our ambitions, we set our hopes, our plans, our desires, everything, our whole life. Which most importantly is our whole life, we set them on things above. Now, when you look, walk out, you walk out there and when you look up, you cannot see anything above. What's above? There's nothing. There's nothing above. It's just big empty space. There's clouds. So why would your ambitions be up there? Why would your affections be up there? Now the word above is simply to be born again. Born again is simply to be born from above. If we're born from above, we have a life above. And that's where we are going. When the world is going to crumble, when the world is going to crumble, and everything is all going to come to a full stop, we are going above. That's where we are going. We are not from below. We are from above. We are people from above. We are going above. And all the people said. So our hope should be from above. And it goes on to say, For you were dead, and your life is hid in Christ. As long as the world is concerned, as long as the world is concerned, the material things, the physical things that we see, we touch, we do, all of these things, as long as it is concerned, we are dead. We are dead. But in Christ, we are alive. Spiritually, we are alive. And your life is hid with Christ in God when Jesus, who is our life, who is our life, shall appear, then you shall appear with him in glory. We will appear with him in glory. And in, in verse 5, it says mortify. Mortify simply means to deaden or neutralize, bring to nothing, you know. Therefore, your members <coughs> which are upon the earth, and it goes on to, Call everything. It goes down to name everything that the children of this world do. And in verse 6 it says, For which things sake the wrath of God come upon the children of disobedience. Now the children of disobedience, we know who they are. We can see by the actions 
obviously from the things they do, they speak and everything they do, we know who they are. Now we are not the children of disobedience. We are the children of, of the Most High God. We have been called out and anointed by God. And in verse 7 it says, In which you also walked sometime when you lived in them, but now put off these things. We have put off, mortified, put off everything. And it goes down and then we read down into verse 10. It says, And put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. And in verse 11 it says, where, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, and it, Sycathian, and it goes on to say bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. And all the people said, Amen. We will go on to just one scripture and I will finish off. We're going to John chapter 4 and verse 24. John chapter 4 and verse 24. We'll read in verse 23. It says, But our commit and our wish when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And this is the new way of worshiping our God. As long as you worship God in spirit and in truth, and everything that you do is in truth, you know. When the trumpet sounds, the children of disobedience go below, and the Lord's anointed will raise up to meet him in the air. And all the people said, Amen.